When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the After the Show podcast, precious show. We don't care. We're about to swear on the air. It's the After the Show, so tune in if you dare. KVJ, get your skay every single day. It's uncensored. We can say what we want to say. Oh, yeah. Here we go. A very special Tuesday edition of the KVJ After the Show podcast. I personally am very excited here because the guy who I would probably credit the most with where I am in life and what I'm doing today is uh, going to be joining us. And I never would have imagined when I was just a young little dude leaving southeastern Ohio, heading to the Big Apple, that I would ever once have a show that Scott Shannon would ever want to be a part of. And yet that day is here. The legend Scott Shannon is with Woo-hoo. us. Hello, Scott. Yay! I'm not taking any credit for the stuff you've done. (laughs) (laughs) With most of that crap. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, I had some great news just a little while ago. You won't even believe this. I love great news. Tell it to me. This made me so happy. Mm -hmm. I found out that Virginia has finally saved up enough money to get some new damn windows at her house. (laughs) Yes. It's taken her seven years. She went for so long having this window looks okay, that window looks like crap. All right, when are they going to come and do this window? Well, I don't have the money yet. Scott, was was that phase three? Is that phase three you've been in for the last five years? Phase three took seven years. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I was so concerned that her and her husband were going to invite me over, you know, to hang out. And I'd have to look at one good-looking window and then one sucky-looking window. (laughs) It's been a long project. I'm so sorry. Yes, thank God they're all taken care of. I'm so happy because that's Mm. a great thing to have, windows that match in your house. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, Scott. It is cool. Uh, Let me introduce Scott Shannon to the audience. If uh, people are not familiar, back in 1983, Scott Shannon went to a dinky little crappy radio station in New York City that was in last place, and he tried this concept, the flamethrower, top 40, and he said, you know what, I'm going to do a morning show. It's going to have several people on it. We're going to do all kinds of crazy stuff, and we're going to turn it loose. And they had no marketing budget. And so they got their fans and people who love this radio station involved. And they were hanging banners out their windows for this brand new radio station, WHTZ, Z100. And he went from worst to first place in one book. And it is a legendary radio story. And Scott Shannon spent decades ruling the airways of New York City. He went over to WPLJ. And another great successful radio station, WCBS, is where he just was. And he has influenced so many people. But what he created in those years is magical. And they recently had a documentary come out about Z100 and creating that. And I got to tell you, my 20 
seven years or whatever it's been in radio, probably the most memorable part of my career was the 10 to 12 months I spent in New York City at Z100 because every day it's just unbelievable who's walking the halls and who's been there. And it all started because of Scott Shannon. So if you're familiar with New York City Radio, and by the way, New York City Radio is the best radio on the planet. It really is. If you want to go to win the Scott Shannons, the Howard Stearns, all that stuff, you go to New York City. So very honored to have Scott join us here today. And I got to sit down with Scott uh, probably about a year ago at Duffy's. And uh, he watched me drink a couple beers and uh, just ooze all over him, all of the things that I could possibly say <laughs> of just how appreciative I am. Keep your hands to yourself? It was, it was hard because <laughs> Scott's just got that kind of energy about him, uh, but we did. And so I'm lucky to say that uh, I'm connected to Scott now, and I've told him just how much he uh, meant to me in my career. In fact, the show prep that uh, you guys see, the first job that I really took where I got paid in radio I had been at Z100, and I got the opportunity to go work on a morning show with a guy that had produced for Scott. And the template for our prep that we use every single day, I stole from that guy who he says he stole from Scott. So in a sense, Scott is still with us every single day. We're all a bunch of thieves. Yes, (laughs) we really are. Now, if people haven't seen the Z100 documentary, and I can only imagine the few stories I have about my time in New York City pale in comparison to yours. I'm kind of curious because there's one part of the documentary about Z100 that is featured well, and a story I think a lot of people would find interest is Madonna's announcing a new world tour. A lot of people may not realize if they haven't seen the documentary that once upon a time when you're doing the show at Z100, you were in Secaucus, New Jersey, people that know that area. And so you're kind of, you know, you're not downtown or whatnot. It's kind of, you know, a little bit out side of the city and you had this woman that kept showing up was it like every tuesday or thursday she would show up tuesday, at the z100 record day record day was tuesday record and day was uh, tuesday. and I, I because of the most program directors like is your program director on the air there yes uh uh-huh, yeah randy west is on the air here but back in the day when if things before for the ceiling fell out of radio and everybody doesn't didn't have three jobs or and every uh building didn't have six radio stations we were the only radio station in our building i was the program director and the morning guy on the radio station wow. so i was responsible for making sure the music was right yeah. uh hiring and firing uh little guys like you come in there and want to be in radio so <laughs> yeah you know, that was it I, I, I found at an early stage as a program director you're better off with a young eager person that is fascinated and in love with radio than someone who's been around that block and they, you know, they, they're just not as excited about doing it. I like people who are excited about being on the radio. Mm-hmm. I, when I was a kid, I dreamed about being on the radio. That's what yeah. I wanted to do. I thought it was so cool because I was very shy and, uh, and I just didn't want to be around a lot of people. What do you, uh, what, my question, what do you think about that today? Because do, I don't know that radio has that anymore. Does does that concern you to see that? Yeah, kind of- it's what's kind of, you know, I'm just so happy that I got into radio and you should be also, Kevin, at a time when it was special. It was an art. Yeah. And now it's become nothing but a, a business, you know, run by the hedge funds and big companies and, 
and you're you're fortunate enough to work for one of the best companies in the business where yeah. they actually still consider radio an art right but you know but back then it was just so much fun to be in it and i i i everything i did i you know it was connected with my job in radio i'd go on vacation and i would uh, I used to, I'd go on vacation and I'd go by the nearest radio station and ask them if I could sit in and do a, a broadcast. What the hell are you doing, you <laughs> nut? <laughs> you go to a radio, you're on vacation. My wife would say, where are you going? Oh, I'm going on to see if they'll let me on the air. She said, you're on the number one radio station in the world. Why you need to be on in, you know, in Sweetwater, yeah. uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know of anyone that's ever had more passion for this industry than you have. It, it to me, it's it's unrivaled, and that that goes for anyone that I've ever seen. You truly love this and, and respect radio for what it is, and uh, that's why this industry. It would be so nice to have people just have a small portion of the passion that you have for for what we do. Because I I got into it at a time where I could see the Scott Shannons, and I realized what an art form it was, and. You know, maybe Jaybird, you would have a thought on this with some of the content today that is created. It it seems are we old or is some of it lower brow? When you see some of the stuff that really cuts through, Scott, do you oh, look at it yeah. and, and think that it's just junk? No, it's always been. We've always been bottom feeders. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. I uh, the, I think when I do uh, seminars, sometimes I, I just speak to young kids about radio and people getting started. And I tell them the most important asset that I look for, number one is the passion, but mm -hmm. number two is curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I can tell from listening to your show that you have about the same level of curiosity that I do, which is, you know, sky high. And I'm sure your people, Virginia and Jason, the rest of those clowns over there, I'm sure they all <laughs> feel the same way. But, you know, it, I'm not on live radio right now, but I still do show show prep every day. Why? Wow. Yeah. I've got nobody to tell it to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's just, it's in my blood mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm so curious about everything in every aspect that goes around me. I see a billboard and I wonder why, you know, when I see a billboard the other day, some guy says, even if you're guilty, I'll get you off, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I made a note of that. That thought it would be funny or amusing or entertaining yeah. or whatever. So your mind's always still going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, it just sticks in there. Yeah. But back back when we first started, everybody thought that I was going to hire all these big names to be on this radio station in New York. But I wanted a different sounding radio station. I wanted something that sounded alien to all the big voices, WABC, you know, all these guys that all talk like that. Yeah. And, and, and there's this little town, like you said, in Secaucus. We were across the river. We could see New York. Right. But we couldn't, we weren't in New York. Our transmitter was at the top of the Empire State Building. Mm -hmm. But so what I did was I created this whole, every, everything you do in life, whether it's about your personal life or your, your, your relationship with your, you know, significant other, you got to have a plan. Mm -hmm. And I always would lay out this plan on paper because when I was a kid, 
I uh, I had kind of a, a weird relationship with my father. One weird, he was an abusive asshole. And, <laughs> oh, oh man, that sucks. I got out of there. I I left. I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I already had everything laid out. So I went to the school library and I made a plan to leave in the middle of the night, telling him I had a job and I because I did have a job and uh, at a gun club. In, in Indiana. And I said, I got to be there. They want me to start at six. I'm going to have to drive over there, leave it at three. Bah, 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 bah. No, I have my car all packed up. But I had a plan mm-hmm. even then to go and how to get away and not be detected or not to have police bring me. And I was a, like, a, like a moron. I was in my senior year, second semester when I left. So you just, you didn't, no this is idea. because your father, you, you wanted to prove him wrong? Pardon me? And you wanted to basically prove something to your father and you just got the hell out? And- I just wanted to get the hell out. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I knew I'm ready to get to work. I got to get on the radio. I'm 17 years old. I got no idea. You know, I'm thinking, well, and I'm sure you've, you've had people come to you and say, I'd like to work for you. Well, what kind of, I don't have any experience, but I'm really good. I, I want to do it really bad. Mm-hmm. Wanting to do it is not experience. That's not on your resume. I'm really good. Mm-hmm. When I used to get resumes from people, you know, these people apply for a job at Z100 in New York. And I call them and say, well, what are you, what's your qualifications? Well, I'm from New Jersey. And I know I've heard I've heard your station, and I could really be good. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. How many times you been on the radio? Well, I think I'd be really good. Well, that's the kind of thing that I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I think that 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 the determination, uh, and 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 having a dream, and you got to put together a plan. Now, Kevin, I'm sure before you you know put Virginia and Jason and the rest of your crew on with you. You had some sort of plan as to what you wanted to do. Some of it was probably based on what I did in New York. Yeah. But I'm sure you had, uh, you know, something uh, different in mind and you had a, a, a plan. Hey, it's Jay Bird. Oh, and I've got Vicious V. I've got a Sweet Denny's and we love butt chicken and seafood. And you know what they got right now? What? You know what they got. What? Crab cake. What? It's crab cake time, Denny's. <laughs> I'm a big crab cake guy, so I cannot wait to get my hands on these. Oh, Philip with the whole team at Bud's, they do a great job. And don't forget, too, you can order online. Those restaurants all through Palm Beach County, BudsChicken.com. Your show in, at Z100 in New York, uh, the Z Morning Zoo, it was always wild. It was always fun. You had outrageous, crazy characters. And like you had said, radio was going in a direction of people were refined and polished. And if you listen to our show, I always wanted to have a crew that was unrefined and unpolished. And that came from your philosophy when Jaybird first came in. Remember what I said to you, Jaybird, when you first joined with us? Don't be, don't listen to the show like a listener or listen to the show like a listener. Don't listen to it like a radio person. Yeah. And I said, I don't want you to be polished. The, yeah. the last thing I want you to do is don't to get worry, good at this. You sure did get one like that. <laughs>
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I heard him when he first, you know, just about early in the career, man. I, what's he doing on the radio now? <laughs> <laughs> he sounds different. That's what you want. You don't want another guy that sounds just like you. Yeah, exactly. And I said, look, I said, I will be the stiff on the show. I will direct. And you guys will be the static, sticky part that people really gravitate towards. Virginia was a nut job. And I knew how fascinating and how awesome she was going to be. Denny's, who is in here, is the same and suits is like that. So that really came from you. You, you know, you had Mr. Leonard and everybody that you had on your show. They just sounded different and they were interesting. And that was one of the biggest things I got listening to you, Scott, and where I put that together. My theory and my plan came from you to put together a crew of misfits. I got to ask a question here. Yeah. Virginia, do you remember the first time we met? Yeah, I do, because I bum-rushed you while you were trying to have dinner at Cafe Chardonnay. I was wondering if you remembered <laughs> that it was Cafe Chardonnay. Oh, I remembered it. I came and in me, here, I was bragging so hard yeah. that I saw you. But let me tell you something. When I saw you, I didn't believe that you were Virginia. Really? Because I'd already heard you on the radio. And I'm thinking, well, that's like a 53-year-old housewife that smokes two packs of luck <laughs> right today. little brunette wobbling up to me. Hi, are you Super Shan? Are you Scott Shannon? And uh, oh, it took me a second <laughs> when she said, I'm Virginia from the KBJ show. I went, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> now you're, no, you're not. You don't have that voice, and, and it, was, it fits. That's all I can say. It all, you know, it all fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? Because when I was a kid, I used to collect the DJ surveys. But first, I heard the station. Then, when you see a picture of a guy back then, you had these old fat guys that sitting there, and you, but they had the cool voices. And I would have my mother drop me off because of where I grew up, the radio station broadcast with a window and you could see him work. Yeah, and that's a cool concept. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I would have my mom, she used to go to the city and shop for a couple of hours, you know. And I'd say, why don't you just drop me off over there at WIFE? That was the call letters of the station. I'd stand there and look at the DJs. I thought I was some sort of freak getting ready to, you know, kidnap him or shoot him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this guy, he had, he had the headphones on, man. He had the turntable there. He was back when they played records. And, it, and, and, and then I could see the phone ring, and I'm thinking, I bet that's a girl calling in to say she wants to get with him. And, I'm, <laughs> I, and I've had all these, you know, dreams and imagination in my head, and I'm yeah. going, Man, I like that because I always, I, I fell in love with music before I fell in love with radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, then I found out that 
radio played all the songs that I liked. So that the two connected us. You got the, you know, you got rate. Wait a minute. You got a request line going, Scott. <laughs> hey, Luke, call the number nine. Hello, WRMF. Hey, what can I do for hey, you? <laughs> you um, just want a gift I'm, card. I'm the intern, Scott Shannon. <laughs> Some guy, somebody trying to sell in uh, insurance uh, extension. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I would. That, that was, ring to it. I really, but just like seeing Virginia, you know, here I am, a grown man, and work on my own station, and mm. I had this image of Virginia, and all of a sudden here she comes, pops in. That's the same way when I used to see those guys in the window at WIFE. Well, that can't be Dick Summer. That can't be <laughs> Dick <laughs> Summer. Dick, Dick Summer. <laughs> They've had that smooth voice, and all of a sudden you got some guy that looked like he might be a, you know, a child molester. <laughs> well, the name like Dick Summer. Oh, my gosh. I ain't hiring him to babysit. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. That'd be Summer you know, Dick. But back, back, that's when, when I started Z100. I wanted people who didn't sound like the regular DJs. Yeah. Brilliant. I don't have a particular, uh, a particularly deep voice. When I first started, I had, I thought I had to have a nickname, so I called myself Super Shan. Super Shan on the ring. I had a real high voice, very <laughs> irritating. I don't know how in the hell I had any ratings. <laughs> Yo, is that my radio rapper, the joint boy with the joint toy? And if I'm lying, I'm to have all these rhymes and crap. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. What an era. And the power of Z100, for people that don't know, it was breaking music, it was changing music, and you were launching at the same time that MTV was coming on. And right. I remember one of the things that I was told when I first got into radio was that pretty much every radio station in America would look at what you were playing in New York City and what MTV was doing, and then you influenced the style of music and what was being played all around the country because if it was good enough for Scott Shannon to play it on Z100 in New York City, we had to be playing it too because he's the smartest guy in radio. And so in a sense, you really controlled the music of the 80s. Uh, one of the things that I always, since I was that kid, I like I said, I discovered rock and roll music and pop music and R&B music. I really was into R&B music. I listened to the... Uh, black radio station. They always had them down back then on the AM dial, way down where the big fat numbers are. Mm-hmm. You know, he did 1540 and 1260 and all that kind of thing down there. But I would listen to them and I would tune around, listen to different types of music. And so when I got in, in back then, all the stations played the same songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I did was if I heard if a record person would come by on Tuesday and because you, you're only allowed to come by on a certain day on Tuesday. Is that and, when they brought the money in cocaine? No, they didn't bring any money or no cocaine. <laughs> I already, I didn't, what happened is I saw some guys who got involved in the money and the cocaine and that ruined their career. So mm-hmm. I was scared, crapless. I, you know, I didn't want to get involved in any of that. Mm-hmm. But it, the word got out that I would play, give a, a new artist a, a break if it was a really good record. And I had a pretty good record like nine out of 10 times when I thought a record was going to make it a song or an artist. It turned out to be positive and, and, and other stations would jump on it. Yeah. So we had, <clears throat> so people would come by. So it got so bad because when we first opened up the doors back then, Secaucus was 
it was like a million miles away. Yeah. Cabs didn't go there. Right. Believe it or not, young people, there was no Uber back then. <laughs> so if you had to, you had to get somebody to drive you to Secaucus, taxi cabs would not go there from New York because it's across the river. Mm -hmm. They wanted to stay over there in the Bronx and Brooklyn and all that. So, uh, so we didn't have any record service. I used to have to send our music director over to, you know, one of the big record stores. In, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. And he would go over there on Thursday and buy some new records. Wow. And that that's what would happen. And then all of a sudden the ratings came out and all the record companies had to hire a car to drive the promotion person over to Secaucus. And then we didn't have to send Frankie Blue over to the record store. Frankie Blue, yeah. Every uh -huh. So the word got out and there one girl and, and then so finally it got so busy, I couldn't see the people personally. So they had to talk to the music director. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I said, the only reason, the only reason I'll see anybody is if, if they're not satisfied with your answer. And, 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 and so this, my music director came in and he said, there's a girl that comes in every Tuesday. And she's really pissed off because she's got a record out and nobody's playing it. And she thinks we should be playing it. And I said, oh, okay. Well, if she comes next Tuesday, bring her down to my office. So finally he brought this little skinny girl down. She's, she had, uh, <clears throat> I remember that she had hair under her arms, which, you know, was unusual at that time. Yeah. Didn't bother me. She didn't have the, she didn't, um, she had, her teeth were kind of crooked huh. and, um, and she didn't have her boobs yet. Um, okay. he, she got those later on. Are you talking about Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I know that sounds a little weird, but guys that, you know, God made me that way. You look at her, you, you know, say, how you doing? You notice certain things and you don't notice other things. I always, I like people who are clean and smell good. And uh, so... <laughs> Anyway, she says, I have a song and you got to be playing it. So, oh, what do you mean? Why should I be playing? She says, well, it's being played in the clubs and the discos. And I said, well, we're not a disco. She mm -hmm. says, I know, but I'm going to be a big star someday. I promise you that. And if I become a big star, I'll do a concert for you or some kind of promotion. Mm -hmm. I said, well, why don't you come back when you're a big star? And she said, well... I, I got to get this record played before I'm a big star. Right. So uh, I think it was, I think it was called borderline. It was. And, uh, and we, I said, I'll tell you what, what if I played a couple times at night? Will you stay at home and don't have to come over here anymore? She, she said, <laughs> okay, it's a deal. <laughs> One thing led to another. Uh, the song got a lot of requests at night. So we moved it today. Uh -huh. And then, stations around the country started playing it now i don't i i i'm not egotistical enough to think that i'm responsible for her career but we certainly did help it in new york because we were the hottest station at the time number one and we put it on yeah and uh but she never forgot that and when she got a she had a movie coming out and mm -hmm. uh, who's that girl was the name of the movie so she uh at that time she I didn't talk to her. But she made the arrangement through her people to my people to uh, do a big live broadcast from Times Square in front of the movie theater where the movie was being world premiered that she was in. 
And she actually, and Kevin, this is all those stuff to you because you saw it in the movie. Yeah. And she she pulled up in a limo. We had probably, I don't know, it was about half the size of the crowd on New Year's Eve. Wow. Which, which is big. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying that we, they actually built a stage. If you've ever been to New York in the Times Square, they used to, they used to have this um, a recruitment station, the U.S. Army and Marines and Navy right there in the triangle, and then the zipper, the big zipper sign, which is up above there that had the news going across it. Well, the theater was, if you're facing the triangle, the theater was over to the left, she pulls up, comes up on the stage. We introduce her. She no longer has hair under her arms. She's got <laughs> and uh, and her teeth were all fixed. But she was fantastic. She got up there and she told the story about the first time she came to New York. She got on a bus in Michigan and she came to the bus station and yeah. she got a cab. She had a suitcase and she told the, the cab driver, uh, Tell me, take take me where all the happening stuff is going on. Take me to the nerve center of the city. And he took her over there right there on that corner where our stage was and dropped her off. And that's and how that, Madonna started. When she did that, it gave me goosebumps. And she said that I didn't know what she was going to say. And she gave me a big hug. She got back in the car and they drove her, I don't know, 100 feet across the street. Uh, to the theater, and uh, all the people who had won tickets on our show got to go to the grand opening. Mm -hmm. So anyway, wow. that will he didn't forget. Most people that you help in the business are really, really um, good. They're really nice to you until you're not in that position anymore or they don't have anything to promote anymore. They're beyond, you know, they get, they're beyond having uh, to call you or need help like yep. that. Mm -hmm. Atoll Vodka. It's a delicious vodka with a crisp citrus finish. It tastes so good and pairs so perfect with all of my favorite cocktails. Go pick some up for yourself today. Go to mashandgrape.com. They'll ship it right to your house. Atoll Vodka. You will love it. And they give back a portion of proceeds to autism charities. Atoll Vodka. Grab it at mashandgrape.com. The thing that was awesome about Z100 and being in New York City doing radio, especially in that time, this is, uh, you know, 93, 94, 10 years after you had signed the station. In fact, they had just done their 10-year anniversary and had celebrated that. Right. was you made everything sound big and it was the i still remember at the top of the hour they would play the flame throwing you know it just this it had just this energy and this From big the old top voice. of the empire state building it's yes. the flame thrower z100 it gave you chills to hear that and the imagery that you had done with the tower being on top of the empire state building which by the way a lot of the radio stations in new york city were but you did the great thing, and what a marketing thing that Scott Shannon had done. You imprinted and took the whole big old gorilla that had been up there, King Kong, on top of the Empire State Building, and that really became the mascot of the radio station. I remember as a little promotions grunt having to always set that damn inflatable monkey up <laughs> everywhere we went. And one time I'm at a car dealership, and it's uh, in the wintertime, and I've filled up this uh, inflatable gorilla, and it's out there, and the people are coming up and enjoying it. Well, a wind catches that gorilla. Uh-oh. We, we have it tethered down, and we had a program director at the time. Scott had left the radio station. His name was Steve Kingston. 
Oh, yeah. And Steve Kingston just gave me shit about everything. He <laughs> he rode my ass nonstop. He called me Ohio, and I just knew. He, he threatened probably every day I was there that he was going to end my radio career. And so here you didn't I have one yet. I, I had, you're right. How's it? How can he ruin something that's not even there? You're putting up the damn blow up monkey. That's <laughs> not a career. It was. I was. You wrote. Uh, you wrote back to Ohio. That, well, I'm in radio now. I'm over at Z100 in case you need me. Yeah. And so here I am. Kevin, I got I'm the- blowing up the freaking. I'm Bradley Trainer, and I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I got got this monkey that catches the wind and it's heading for the New Jersey Turnpike. Oh, and I'm riding this thing like a cowboy trying to hold this monkey back because I know if it hits traffic and this thing gets destroyed, it's going to be like me killing the radio station. Steve Kinks is going to ruin my career. I will never again work in radio. (laughs) And so I held on. He will ruin a career, man. You got to do it his way. (laughs) (laughs) So all I had was his voice in my head. Come on, Ohio, you ruined Z100. You killed the gorilla. (laughs) And so I'm riding this thing, and thank God I was about 10 feet from streaming traffic, but I was bound to turn it. I was going to ride this damn gorilla into traffic if it meant my life just so that I didn't ruin my radio career. I hit a tree and it stopped the damn monkey and it saved my life. The and radio chilling, gorilla killing. It was about the end of me. So it was about the beginning and the end of my radio career working at Z100. And it was your imagery that uh, had done it. So, you know, it's funny, but I have, I have like, I try to break things down because I, I'm not, I'm not, the smartest guy you're ever going to find. I don't have any education. I don't have a deep voice, but I try to break everything down to its simplest form. And I, I, the first time I ever heard that slogan, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. That was important to me. For instance, when I, when we first started Z100 on my little sheet that I had for the plan on the plan for Z100, I wanted to name all the DJs crazy names, you know, mm-hmm. and and we had uh, we had Jack the Whack, mm-hmm. we had Hollywood Hamilton, we had Janet from another planet, <laughs> and the names that they would remember. And these yeah. people, they weren't allowed to say very much. I would I would write all the things out that they could say on a little three by five card, and I put it in the studio. But people thought these were the greatest disc jockeys because yeah. they were working at Z. All they had was say Z100 playing the best music, you know. And it was just simplicity, right? And it was and memorable. It, and yeah, because they never forgot their names. You know, mm-hmm. Mr. Leonard is a guy that never even came to work, and but he was famous, and people still ask me about him. But. <laughs> The element of simplicity is so important in someone's life. Mm. And and as long as you, like one day when I was I hired this music director to work with me, he had already lived in New York, so he knew all the clubs and everything. And I said, what's a music format? I said, Here, salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. What's that? 
What, what do you mean? I said, we play one black record, we play one white record. Hmm. And, that's, and I'm not being racist about it because a black record could be by a white person if it sounded a certain way and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I wanted an R&B hit and then I wanted a, a pop hit. Okay, and rhythmic basically mixed in with just straight ahead pop right. music. That's all mm -hmm. it was. But back then you could say that and nobody, you know, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Salt and pepper. I like that. Mm -hmm. And I said, we don't play slow songs. Yeah. I, I wanted the beat of New York. I wanted, I, I, I didn't grow up in New York. I'd only been there a couple of times when I got the job. I said, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. So what we did was I had a plan because I had a big map. And the part that was yellow was the five boroughs. I didn't know anything about those people. I didn't know how they operated. I said, you know, I'd always, I watched uh, the honeymooners and I thought everybody had a fire escape out their window. Mm -hmm. Like the honeymooners or some of those, you know, car 54, where are you? That's all I knew about New York. Yeah. But so I decided what I wanted to do was I create a radio station for Long Island, New Jersey, and Westchester County. Because mm -hmm. I knew what those people were like. I yeah. mean, I thought I knew anyway. I mean, that's mm -hmm. in my head. I made it simple. And we're going to appeal to all, because all the other radio stations were talking about being on Broadway and all the movie stars and the people that live there, you know, and Brooklyn and the Bronx. And what we did was we, we really concentrated on the outskirts, mm -hmm. you know, the suburban people and if anybody else in the yellow zone wanted to come along for the ride they could yeah and and i know that sounds kind of goofy well, i but, would say miami's similar in that respect yeah but it worked out and and once again i go back to it was simple yeah we sure. didn't say anything you know we didn't we didn't spend a lot of time talking about broadway and all that kind of thing when we first started mm -hmm. We didn't have the first ratings that came in were not very good. So we started that campaign to, to you know, homemade bumper stickers and yeah. homemade signs and all Grassroots. that. Yeah. As someone pointed out in the, in the movie is that, that might've been the first viral campaign in the country. Arguably. Yeah. And that's what is so amazing. And that's why if nobody, if you've not yet checked out worst to first, that you did the documentary Z100. There's a lot there to learn and there's a lot to appreciate with what you did in that span of time starting in 1983. There are so many firsts that happened that were genius that still apply today. And, you know, the wisdom that you have about keeping it simple and about having things that stand out and sounding different, it's still valuable stuff that TikTokers are using today. And they've just yeah, still. It's, it's the same thing. Uh, People, my friends uh, make fun of me and ridicule me by spending a lot of time on TikTok. And I, I'm not looking at the women with the big boobs. I'm just watching <laughs> the entire thing and what is attractive. And, and, and you can apply that to other things in your life, like public speaking or, mm -hmm. or running a radio station or a TV station. I mean, it's, it's, it's so many different categories on there. It's, it's, I love the animal categories that's showing that the dogs get along with the goats and the kitties <laughs> get along with the turtles. I and, love it. And, <laughs> and I, you know what? Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm what, I'm what my, my, my wife doesn't cry. 
I don't care. I'm thinking I'm the only thing, the only time that she tries to win, she will, you know, like a kid, if she wants something and I don't want to do it, you know. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? I thought you would, I thought you loved me. And, uh, but I, I'm an easy crier. You know, and I see, if I see uh, like a really good, um, <clears throat> if I see a really good um, concert, yeah, I got to go see McCartney or something like that. Or, you know, I don't care how uh, that, the new song Flowers, you know, mm-hmm. that I knew it's been out for a while. Well, first time I heard that, I kind of teared up a little bit. I thought that was so well done and it, it just, it, it hit me. Yeah. And I think you have to be emotional to run a great radio station or a great radio show. Yeah. Well, Scott, I tell you, thank you very much for what you've done for your part in launching KBJ and for how you've impacted a whole generation of people who didn't know what they're going to do like me. And they fumbled into radio and it was all because of you and your ongoing wisdom and friendship. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you giving us a little bit of time here today. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you think anybody's going to listen to this? They're <laughs> <laughs> listening now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody gives a rat's ass about this. No. There's people, there's hundreds watching you live right now. I'm looking at your face. Yeah. I'm looking at nobody the chat. On there. There's nobody watching this. Or listening to this thing. I'm, I'm watching it. The smart people are. <laughs> All right. Scott. All right. I hope so. We know your time is gold, and I know you got a, I know you got a tea time, but I was hoping maybe I thought maybe Scott would come in. He's like, I got a tea time. He's like, I can't, I can't take any chances with that tea time today. So we're gonna just have my tea time. Yeah, you're gonna just have to get me on that computer. I'll come, I'll come down there. I'll come down one day and hang out with you. Okay, it's or always we'll open. come golf with you. That'd be fun. No, you don't want that. Yeah, you're not gonna that. do that, there, Smokey Joe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna do that. I love to. All right, Ohio. I'll see you soon. <laughs> All right, Scott. Take care of yourself, buddy. Thanks again, man. I'll get two professional suits. Okay. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> there you go. Oh Thank man, you. that's just great. <laughs> He's so Chan. nice. What a nice guy. He's a great dude. And the the funny thing about you know with Scott for me growing up, everybody has a Scott Shannon impression. If you've been around Scott, you impersonate him because he's a larger than life character. And it's so funny. And Jeff miles, who is our new afternoon guy here at WRMF, he used to work with Scott at uh, WPLJ in New York city. And he was telling me this story about Scott comes in one day and he's like, you know, I got this whole idea about what you're doing, Jeff. He's like, first of all, you're fucking a lot of stuff up. <laughs> and, and he said, and I'm sitting there and I, and I had this full cup of water and I was getting ready to go do my shift. And Scott comes over and he's talking with his hands and he goes, kaboom, and knocks the water all over the table. And the water's running out and there are papers there and some electronics. And I look at Scott, he pays it no mind. And the water's just running and going. He's like, and furthermore, you got to do this and do that better. And he said, Scott just walks out and be like going, that's going to be your problem. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, that's Scott Shane. It comes in, fucks up your world, and then leaves it to you. That's amazing. And there's just one great story about that guy after another. And so uh, thank you for giving me the time and uh, letting me oblige because he really is. He's, he's a radio father to me and uh, a, a legend and, you know, his career and the stories that he has and what he saw at Z100, you know, truly is amazing. And for me in high school, you remember when I had the mullet, he went on to do something called pirate radio. That's why he left Z100. And it was a national format of hairband music. 
And when that came on on Saturday night, they had the imagery that this was a pirate ship that was docked right outside on the bay in Los Angeles. It wasn't. <laughs> but I believe that. I thought there was a real pirate playing hairband music, and I thought it was the coolest freaking thing, man. And so, you know, just the things that he's done to impress upon me and, and really guide me to where I am, it's, it's that guy alone. One of the coolest things I ever saw him do – Back in the day when he was doing New York stuff, they had that Opie and Anthony show, too, which was very big. Yeah. And they were not the nicest of people. They they turned, I mean, they, they ripped us apart, but they ripped everybody apart. Yeah. But because Scott was in New York and they were in New York, they really gave his show the, I mean, they ripped on him a lot. And they were just terrible, the things they said. Yeah. Well, after Scott, I guess, either got done with doing the morning show, mm -hmm. or they, they invited him on the Opie and Anthony show and they interviewed okay. him yeah. and he won over the the Opie and Anthony fans are the biggest dick faces. Yeah. <laughs> he won over that entire audience with just being himself and being very funny. And it was what it was a pretty interesting thing to watch because I know what dick faces they can be. Yeah. They loved him. He turned it he wasn't he didn't take anything personal. He got on the air and just played ball with them yeah. and really owned the interview. Yeah, he does. It, he he's like that. When you're with Scott, he's effortlessly funny. And as you can tell, he rips on everybody. And you're like, come on, Ohio, you gotta do better than that. <laughs> so he's always just riding people, and that's what's just so funny about him. And yeah, the way he put things together and just, you know, the the person that he is, it's a pretty fascinating interview. And if you go watch the documentary that they had done, Worst to First, C1 Hunter, it's on YouTube and things like that, you can see Steve Kingston. He's in there. There's so many stories the I have about him. The guy that yelled him. at you. The guy that just <laughs> rode me mercilessly. That's cool. Yeah, he's in there and he's featured. And by the way, he needs to comb his fucking hair because it's pretty unkempt. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, Steve, get it together. So thank you very much for that, Tom. I, I do appreciate you guys letting me do that. So, yeah, that's man. very that, cool. That meant a lot. Meant a lot. The man's a legend. Yeah, and he cool really too, is. man. That guy, he's, he's, he's one of those people that is funny. Just tell him a regular. He, I could listen to him order food. And he would make it funny. <laughs> yeah, it, he would. He he. Every time you're with Scott Shannon, it's it's entertaining. And then when he just goes off and the stories, and you don't know who the hell he's talking about. And then at the end, he'd be like, "And then she became Madonna." And you're like, "Going, ah. you know, it's just one story like that after another." I wonder what golf course he plays on. I know he plays <laughs> at a few. He plays with places you. they were. Yeah, he'd say, "Come on out," because I'll sneak up on his cart while he's on. Hole number three, be like, hey. <laughs> yeah, he was just, I was just talking to him last night. I was like, so I'm hanging out with Peyton Manning today. And, wow. Uh, yeah, so I'm just like, and it's just, it, it's nothing to him. Yeah, he's a legend. He rolls with legends. And yeah. that, that man has made a lot of money in his career. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hanging out with Peyton, Peyton Manning. You're hanging out with Jason Pennington. <laughs> <laughs> that man is next level. Yeah, he really is. So that was that was a big thrill for me. So thank you all for uh, checking us out here on a Tuesday. Thanks again to the legend Scott Shannon for uh, coming on in. We'll get more of your emails tomorrow. So get those in. If you have one in, we'll get to it then. Mail at kbjshow.com. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll talk to you all later. Goodbye.